You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Absolutely epic. Absolutely epic. See, um, at our church, what you're going to find is there might just be a different preacher every single week. Someone's like, oh man, my old church, it was the same guy every single time. Listen, at our church, we understand that there's gold sitting out here. And so, yeah, we could have the pastor and the, the pastoral team come up and preach every week, but, but we believe actually that, that God has put things inside of you that we all need to hear, that we need to, and we're a church that develops. We're a church that says, hey, I believe that God's given you a word. Let's, let's, let's cultivate that. Let's, let's see that. And so we're going to have what we call a three by ten. And so we have, we've chosen, yeah, we've chosen three people from three leaders from our church uh, who we've identified and said, you know what? We see fruit on your life. We see, we see what God has done in your life. We see transformation. We see growth. We see that God has put some things in you. And so we're going to have them come up and they're going to do, each of them will, do, will preach 10 minutes. And so it'll be like, you know, it'll be like one message, uh, which will be real cool, except for it'll be uh, one person will preach. Then right after that, like Tony, okay, she's going to come up. She's going to preach as soon as she's done. Not quite yet. Just chill. Uh, she's going to come up. She's going to get done, and she's just going to, it's going to be rapid fire. She's going to pass the mic, and then it'll, and then it's just going to go, and it's going to be epic. And so after, after she's done, you know, can you understand? You're going to applaud. You're going to honor her. It's going to be fantastic, and, uh, and it's just going to be an amazing time uh, to hear what God is doing in, uh, in, in and through them. And so we've got Tony, and uh, we picked Tony because Tony is an absolute boss. She runs pathfinders here at salt lake she is she is generous she is kind she's a leader and uh and she's at women's prayer every single thursday and uh she's just an absolute boss we've got nathaniel in the house nathaniel's our worship director and uh and he's like oh man you know he comes up and, and he's he's got the microphone every week but he's like man i'm a little bit i'm a little bit nervous i said oh don't worry it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome but nathaniel's just a boss and so touched by god and anointed and so uh it's gonna be absolutely amazing and then we've got the rich Bogle in the house, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna close the, he's gonna land the plane, and it's just gonna be absolutely amazing. And so, can we, uh, can we just stand to our feet and welcome Miss Tony Atterbury? Let's go! Come on! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I would like to honor Pastor Leanne and Pastor Jurgen. I just love their vision for Awakened Church. Can I get an amen? And also, Lonnie, Sophia, and I, we are so blessed to do life with Pastor Becca and Pastor Vince. I mean, I am so thankful for their leadership and the culture that they are creating in the Awakened Salt Lake City campus. Can I get an amen? So the title of my message today is Level Up. So come with me here. Who can relate? It's Monday morning. We wake up. We get ourselves dressed. We wake up our children. We say, get up, get up, get up, get dressed, brush your teeth, clean, clean your room, get ready for school. We get to work. We turn on our emails, do hundreds of emails, request for meetings, request for more projects. And then if you are a mom or a dad and the chief chief operations officer of your household, add more lists to that as well as homeschooling. And the day will pass, months will pass, and we'll look back and we'll say, 
what have I accomplished and why do I not feel fulfilled? You know, our lives are chaotic. They're, they're filled with noise and busyness. And it led me to a story in the Bible. And it's when Jesus visits Martha and Mary in Martha's house. So Martha is a busy bee. She's running around getting things prepared. And, you know, I imagine in my head that she's a little bit frustrated, a little bit annoyed with her sister. And again, I'm imagining in my head, she does talk to Jesus, but I'm imagining she says, Jesus, can you tell my sister to get up and help me? <laughs> right? My imagination, right? Who's been there? Yep. All right. So then the first verse is Luke 10:41, where Jesus talks to Martha. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and that will not be taken away from her. My point, my first point of my three-point message is to be still and with Jesus. You see, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. She was still. She was prepared to listen to what he had to say and not get involved in the busyness of Martha. See, Jesus was teaching us that be still so that you can hear, or more importantly, you can listen to what he has to say. So it was fall of 2019, and the Holy Spirit told me I need to get to Idaho the next day. So that next day, I got on the freeway, and I was still, there were no distractions, no emails, nobody talking to me. I felt like I was with Jesus. And that's when he spoke to me again. You see, he needed me to be still and with him so that he knew that I could listen to him. And my second point is to listen. Not, I didn't, you notice I didn't say to hear. We can hear many things out in the corner. We can hear chitter-chatter. We can hear the music. But when you listen, you're engaging your ears. You're engaging your brain so you can interpret what is being said. So I come to a verse, Isaiah 30, 21. And this is what happened to me, what I experienced when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. It says, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, you will hear a voice from behind you speak, say to you, this is the way, walk in it. For what felt like two hours, he was giving me a very complete direction on what I needed to do to launch my business. He laid out a business plan and provided vision and told me what my clients looked like what my business would look like in the next 10 plus years, he even named my company. I mean, for those two hours, I cried. I was a sobbing mess, not out of fear, not out of anger, but it was because it was joy. I could feel the Holy Spirit talk to me like a coach, and he was speaking to me with authority. So then I got to work to launch my business. And then came the holidays, and then came New Year's, and then came the busyness, and then came the distractions, and then to be honest with you, then came the fear. So fear overtook me. 
the, my fear was that I would not be successful in what the Holy Spirit told me to do. It was quite frightening. And then you fast forward to Corona, Rona. I mean, Rona is like an obnoxious cousin that won't leave. Can I get an amen? I mean, from March the 4th on, I've been living in yoga pants, and I'm proud of it. Who's the women with me here? Come on now. So from March, April, May, let's call it summer, I caught a virus, and that was the complacency virus, right? The complacency virus, otherwise known as being an idol. I was being, I was idling in my business. Now, please know that I wasn't just sitting there. I was busy. I was busy being an employer, employee of my employer. I was busy with house stuff. I was busy socializing with friends. I was busy camping, and I'm thankful for that. But I was complacent in doing what the Holy Spirit told me to do. <laughs> Anyone else felt like 2020 has been a complacent year? Well, I know that I have. And complacency can also be interpreted a different, in a different word. It's called being lazy. Yep, I said it, being lazy. <laughs> and it leads me to another verse that I read, Ecclesiastes 10, 18. Laziness leads to a saggy roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. That verse really hit home to me because I knew my house, also known as my heart, was not strong, and I had a weak conviction in what the Holy Spirit told me to do. I didn't, who wants a leaky house or a leaky heart? That's, def that's definitely not for me. So I need, knew I need to get out of my funk. Who needs to get out of their funk? So when the Pathfinders Apprentice Program started, I was ready. The Apprentice Program will get you focused. And I found that when I was going through the Apprentice Program, I started to become more in alignment with where jo Jesus wanted me to be. I got back into his lane. My eyes were more open. My ears were, are clear. I can see vision. My heart is not leaking again. I can feel it being repaired. And apparently, I was ready to hear from the Holy Spirit again. Because one night in the Pathfinder's evening, Pastor Collins spoke. And he said, I have a vision that somebody in this classroom was driving in a car when the Holy Spirit told them what to do. And they haven't engaged. <laughs> I got to tell you, when that happened, I like... What? <laughs> he found me, you know? <laughs> and so it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking through Colin and kicking me in the keister to get to work. A couple of weeks later, he also spoke a word that really struck me. And it was basically, he quoted from James 17, whoever knows the right thing to do but fails to do it, for him it is sin. That really struck home. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew the right thing to do, but you were complacent and didn't act on it? So that was another kick in the keister for me. My third point is to take action. Proverbs 28:19 says, For whoever works in your land will have plenty of bread, but he, but he, but he who follows worthlessness pursuits will have plenty of poverty. What are we worthlessly pursuing? Our social media, 24 hours seven news? 
or name the activity or fruitless relationships that is not allowing us to move forward in the works of God. Right? I believe that when we take action and do the right thing of what God wants us to do and in alignment, we are activating our faith. So I ask you, are you carving out time to be still with Jesus? Are you removing the chaos, the busyness, and the noise in your life so you can listen to the Holy Spirit? Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you, but you've been complacent and haven't taken action? Are right now on your heart, are you feeling a tug, the need to take action? Awaken family, it's time for us to level up. God wants us to have an abundant life, not a poverty life. You know, we have 32 more days left in 2020. Let's be intentional on being still with Jesus so that we can listen to what the Spirit's telling us, so we can be action-oriented towards having an abundant year of 2021, and that's what God wants us to do. Hey guys, how's it going? Tony, that was a great, great word. Spoke to me for sure. Um, I just want to honor pastors Vince and Becca before we start. Um, You guys are amazing leaders. I'm so thankful for you. Me and Heidi love you guys so much. And then a shout out to my beautiful wife. She's amazing. I love her. I wouldn't be the man today if it wasn't for her. Um, Let's just pray real quick. So bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we lift you up right now. I just thank you, Jesus, just for how good of a father you are and that you love us so much. You've created each and every single one of us so uniquely and perfectly. And I thank you, Jesus, that there's a plan for every single one of us in this place. I pray that you soften hearts in this this house right now. And I pray, Father God, that you speak through me, Father, and the words that you speak, God, will land on people's hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So my name's Nathaniel. Um, I'm really excited to bring a word to you guys today. Um, The series we're in is a cure for entitlement. And I feel like God's done a number in my life on entitlement. (laughs) It's been a process. God's always like weeding things out of your heart and stuff. And you got to submit to that process. But let me just give you a little bit of backstory for me in my life. Um, I've been in church all my life. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. I've been at Awaken for 14 years, just about. Um, So I grew up in San Diego in like the original campus and everything. Um, it was awesome. I love the church. I love this church. My life is forever changed because of it. Um, but when I was about, let's say, 11 years ago, I started serving. And I, was, I remember I was, signing, I was holding the signs on the freaking corner, you know? And I was just, like, pointing people, waving at people, dancing around, you know? Um, that was the first thing I ever did when I was serving. But, like, pretty quickly, I found out that I fig- figured out I can sing, I guess. And I decided to... My friends encouraged me to join worship team for youth, which, shout out to youth. Youth youth is awesome. I love it. Yeah, I joined when I was 15, and uh, since then, I felt like I was operating in my calling and my gifting, you know? I felt like I was right where I was supposed to be. Um, So from there, like, growing up, I basically, I was a kid. I was 15. I was growing up and serving and doing all these awesome things, and as time went on, I felt like things were getting stale. Like I wasn't centering what I was doing around God anymore. I started looking at my task and looking at what I was doing and kind of idolizing the, thing, the things I was doing, which is like 
it's it's not good, obviously. You know, you can't idolize anything other than God, you know. Um, but as time went on, like, my walk with God and my relationship with God got so stale. It got so dry. I felt I started getting frustrated because I felt like I wasn't raising, I wasn't, like, raising the bar. I wasn't accelerating in my life, you know. Um, I started looking around at these other people that were getting raised up and accelerating and leveling up, you know. And I started getting, like, offended. I'm like, why, are, these, why are the leaders choosing these people over me? I'm like, why, why am... Why am I not being chosen for this? That's basically what it was. Um, that was a, a dominating thought in my life, you know, for a while, for a long time. And um, it, went from, it went from feeling like I uh, should have this, like I should be being raised up. I feel like I'm ta- very talented. I feel like I'm gifted, you know. And then it went from that to be like, maybe I'm not meant to do this. Or maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe my leaders don't see what I thought I saw, you know, what I, so those things, I, those thoughts and those words I was speaking out just dominated what I, like, dominated, like, every part of my life. It started stemming into other pieces of my life, whether it was school at the time or whether it was my friendships or whatever it was, you know, um, my, I just started finding my worth and identity in what I was doing rather than God, you know, um, so basically my thoughts and my words went to insecurity and I was, I just started saying those things over. I'm like, maybe I'm not good enough. I don't know. You know, like maybe I'm not doing the right thing. I don't know. So after like a while of feeling like that, um, I felt like I was in a rut. I felt like I was kind of stuck. You know, I felt like I had this ceiling that I couldn't bust through. Um, I was, I felt like I was just offended and I was kind of sad. I was a little bitter, you know, holding on to these things that I shouldn't have been. Um, and I, I wish I could say that like God just came in with like a big booming voice and told me, I'm making everything okay. You're good. Just change forever. You're good. You know, I wish it was just like that and it was that easy, you know, <laughs> but it was, it's a process. I thank God for leaders that I had in my life that were able to call me out and we're able to step in, and like I was asking God for like give, to give me a word, and he he would insert these leaders into my life to speak those things to me. And at the time, I didn't really know that, but once I like brought these things that like these conversations I had with God, like I brought them to Him, it was it was uh, made very clear that He put these people in my life. Um, basically, it was, it's a process. That's what it is, and like. Obviously, everything can change in a moment with God, but when it comes to living a life like unto God, you have to submit to the process because he's going to be sifting the gold out. You know, he's going to be weeding out those things that aren't of him and instilling his good things in you, you know. Um, let me go to Proverbs eighteen twenty through 21 really quick. It says, um, this is a massive verse for, for me. I feel like it would be for you too. It's a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he, will sh- he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So basically, God like smacked me over the head with that verse. And I was like, <laughs> I got to change the way I speak about me. I got to change the way I speak about my circumstances. And just like Mallory said when we were doing the baby dedications, the power of life and death in the tongue, it's so true. It's like a a rudder on a ship. It's so small, but it steers the whole ship, you know? 
um, that's your life. Like you have to speak life over yourself and you have to speak it before it happens. It may not feel like it will, but you just got to speak in faith, you know. Um, So speak on purpose. That's a massive thing. A massive thing for me that God is still doing in my heart, you know? Like, I still have to remind myself. I still have to catch myself and be like, nope, that thought is not of you, God. I'm just going to pluck that out, and I'm going to speak your word over that instead. Okay, one more, one more verse really quick. It's uh, Psalms 139, 13 through 18. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet where there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number than the sand. So we're made, we're, ch- we're his children. He loves each and every one of us. We're made in his image. We're meant to reflect him on this earth. We're meant to echo his word in our lives, you know? Um, so I'd say to start rehearsing his, his word. Like that, that whole chapter, Psalms 139, if you ever feel like you're not, you're, you're like losing track of who you are in him, read that whole chapter. It is so good. It totally sets my heart back on the right, right spot. I'm like, yeah, God fearfully and wonderfully made me and he has called me. And my, uh, yeah, it's, it's just such a good verse. You guys, you guys got to start reading those things over yourself and declaring them over you. Um, so yeah, I started rehearsing those verses and speaking those over myself. And once I started doing that, then all the insecurities and all of those things that were bothering me for such a long long time didn't even matter, matter anymore because I wasn't getting my, my affirmation from other people or what I was doing. I was getting my affirmation from God. And that's, that's what it is. He's called us and he has uh, already set our path and set our days before us, you know? So, uh, yeah, our security doesn't come from any position or worldly thing. Our our position is with God, you know. And he'll he'll uh like our season is coming. You don't have to compare yourselves to anyone else because God has made you so perfectly and so uniquely that he's he's going to use your gifting in a specific way as long as you just devote your life to him, you know. And he'll be able to use you for amazing things. Like the, it's in every single one of us. And he has such a perfect plan for every single one of you guys. So, I just want to encourage you guys really quick to yeah, just like Psalms 139, read that and just start making like even post-it notes and sticking them around your house. Whatever it takes. Like I put it I put it on my alarm on my phone. Like I just the label for it is just like a little pick me up verse, you know, like right away, right when I pick up my phone, it's the first thing I see in the morning, you know, just, you guys got to start doing it, start declaring these things over yourselves, so that's all I got, thank you guys so much, I appreciate it. Nathaniel, everybody, what? How am I supposed to follow that? Jeez. Gosh, let me first start by saying a huge thank you, Pastors Vince and Becky. You guys are amazing. Appreciate you trusting me with the platform and inviting me to share a little bit of my heart this morning. Who's pumped to be in church? Come on, okay, good. So maybe five of you. That's great. Um, so I celebrated my birthday um, earlier this month. Thank you, Mom. And, um, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think of myself as particularly old, right? Or at least I didn't until the Turkey Bowl this week, but that's a separate conversation. But but a few weeks ago, right, I'm in the bathroom, I'm getting ready for the day, 
And Ruth, she's off in the other room, probably with the kids. And I'm like, babe, you got to come see this. So she runs in, right? And she's like, what's wrong? Has he maybe hurt himself? And I'm like, babe, I got some gray hairs up in here. Now, listen, I'd love to tell you, right, that the empathy I received that day was through the roof. But the reality is that my wife turned to me and she's like, yeah, so um, those have been there a little while. I'm like, what? She, so, you see, it's interesting. I used to, when I was younger, right, I used to think that tomorrow was separated from today by 24 hours, right? I mean, even with, with our two girls, we have two really beautiful young girls. And when I tell them, hey, girls, guys, listen, come on. You're not having any more treats till tomorrow. You think I've just told them they got to wait an eternity, right? I used to think that tomorrow was a full 24 hours from today. But it later occurred to me that tomorrow is separated from today by just one second, right? Right as that, that clock strikes midnight, it's just one second. And you see, I came to realize that our present and our future operate in much the same way. Not only are they closer together, right, than we might like to think, and my gray hairs can testify to that, but they're intrinsically linked to one to another. And so, so the title of my message this morning is Tomorrow Today. Tomorrow Today, because how we live out today shapes the tomorrow we live in. You see, the reality is that today is really the only place that we can cultivate change, right? Sure, we can plan for tomorrow, we can invest for tomorrow, we can dream for tomorrow, but today's the only time, the only place we can actually do something. This is one of the reasons I think Matthew 6 says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow, deal with today. Focus on today, because today, how you live today shapes tomorrow. So before we turn the page on 2020, before we launch into 2021, I think there's an opportunity to really consider, how am I doing in my today? so that we set ourselves up for the best possible tomorrow. I don't know about you, I am fiercely committed, right? I wanna live the best life I possibly can, right? I wanna do this thing off the charts. And what's more is, I know that my God is more invested in that for me than even I am. You see, God's heart, heaven's heart for you, is that you and I are next level living. We are absolutely not made for mediocre. But so that I know who I'm talking to, who here wants to be living their best possible life? Quick show of hands. Okay, so some of you do. The rest will catch up. Who wants to level up today so that they're living a better tomorrow? All right, let's dive into this thing. So there's just two quick themes I want to touch on this morning. One of them is stewarding today well with an attitude of gratitude. You see, I was thinking about, all right, Rich, you've got to land the plane on this sermon series, The Entitlement Cure. And it occurred to me, it struck me, you know, it's really hard to find myself in the pit of entitlement if I'm over here digging wells of gratitude. It just won't happen. And for me, I think stewarding well in the present always begins with thankfulness. After all, how do we support, right? How do we support hoping for God to pour out his blessing and his favor onto our tomorrow if we're not even remotely thankful for that which is right in front of us today? It starts with thankfulness. So we just got through celebrating Thanksgiving holidays. We had an incredible time, family, friends, arguably a little bit too much food, but it was amazing. It was amazing. A lot of you know this already. I actually grew up in Ireland and in Ireland, thanks somebody. Um, and in Ireland, Thanksgiving is just, it's just not a thing. It's just not a holiday we, we celebrate. 
although now that I say that, it makes us sound really ungrateful, but, but it's just not a thing. And so when Ruth and I moved back to the States, it's something that we really prioritize. We leaned into Thanksgiving. And I got to tell you guys, it's quickly become one of my absolute favorite times of the year. I've grown to love Thanksgiving, aside from the food before somebody says it, because it offers us, I think, an inflection point, right? Before the year runs out, we get an opportunity to pause, to take stock, and to give thanks for the manifest goodness of God. Choose to be thankful. Choose to be thankful. That's an odd thing to say, but that's precisely what thankfulness is. It's a choice. A lot like offense, but that's probably another message. Um, More than just that, I think thankfulness is a really important choice for a whole host of reasons. Now, I don't have a ton of time, but let me share just a few components to this thing. Number one, how many of you know that gratitude spells death to a bad attitude? It is exceptionally hard to harbor a really bad attitude if you're busy giving thanks for the good in your life. Number two, let me tell you this. Thankfulness breaks down strongholds. Thankfulness pushes back the powers and principalities that are coming towards us. This is one of the reasons why praise and worship are so powerful. We echo on earth what's already happening in heaven. And in that moment, we invite the presence and the power of God to breathe into our lives. One of the things you'll often hear in this house is that praise precedes the breakthrough. This is why. You see, gratitude is a doorway to the presence and the power of God. Number three, gratitude also turns what we have into more than enough. Now that sounds like a really odd thing to say. In the book of Luke, Jesus has got two fish, he's got five loaves, and he's got to feed 5,000 people. I'm no mathematician, but that sounds like a mathematical problem right there, right? Yet all that he does is give thanks. Luke chapter 9, verse 16, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. No big fancy prayer, no begging the Father. He just gave thanks. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Number four, being thankful helps us to live present, right? It helps us to live in today rather than kind of spending our lives pining for some far-off brighter tomorrow that exists really only in our mind because we'll never get there. I'll be happy when I get that promotion. I'll be happy when I can afford the car. If only someday I can't wait until, you see where I'm going? You see, it's important that we continually anchor ourselves in the goodness of God with a posture of thankfulness. In our family, we actually make a game of it or perhaps a challenge if it's been a, a tough day, hard week or a trying season. Um, or more often if I have a bad attitude, <laughs> Ruth will turn to me and she'll be like, all right, babe, 10 things you're thankful for. Let's hear it. And I'm like, oh, because the reality is that thankfulness is sometimes hard, but it's still a choice. And, you know, sometimes one of the biggest challenges to thankfulness is just familiarity. Church, don't let familiarity rob you of the opportunity to celebrate and appreciate the blessing. Let's steward today well by cultivating an attitude of gratitude. All right got to be quicker. Okay. So knowing that tomorrow starts today, the second piece I want to touch on this morning is aligning our thinking, right? The book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. And I think it's important that we get our mindsets in alignment and in, in alignment with the truth and the word of God. You see, whether you like it or not, you will become tomorrow what you're believing today. You will. You see, 
Until we come into alignment with the word of God, we're allowing ourselves to live beneath the destiny that he has put on our lives. Nathaniel spoke to this beautifully. And listen, I'm sure my wife will tell you, I could talk for days. So let me just touch on two parts of this thing, identity and calling. On identity, right? I think it's really important for us to recalibrate because how many of you here today know that the devil's a liar? How many of you know that one of the primary things he will go after is your identity? He'll tell you you're nothing, that you're worthless, that you're shameful, that you're not enough, you're not attractive enough, funny enough, perfect enough, smart enough. Any of this sound familiar to anyone else? Right? And I know many of you heard me say this before, but life is too short for us to spend believing anything that heaven is not saying. It's important for us to understand deep down where we really live, who we are as sons and daughters of God, bought from rags to royal robes. Even in the natural, guys, we understand that it's the price paid for something that determines its value. John chapter three says that when God gave his one and only son for you, yet the enemy would have you doubting your immense value in the eyes of God. The devil wants you to believe in lies today so that he can rob you of the tomorrow God has for you. On calling, I'll be really quick. I think there's a lie that we hear from the enemy specific when it comes to calling. A lie that simply says, I don't, I don't have what it takes to do what you're asking. And Tony, I think you touched on this a little bit. We sometimes fall into the trap of listening to it. Sometimes we even disqualify ourselves. And the Bible, by the way, is covered with people hearing the same lie. Moses says, I can't do it. I'm not a skilled speaker. Gideon goes, hey guys, this is not, this is not me. I'm the least in my family line. Jonah says, whoa, 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 not me. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm way too afraid. Jeremiah says, I'm, I'm too young. But remember that God equips those he calls. Every single one of them faced that lie, got off the sidelines and stepped into the calling of God. You see, vision is a doorway to your destiny, but you still have to step through it. You still have to step through it. Let me ask you this, when the Holy Spirit directs your life, what's on your list of excuses? What lies are you believing today that are robbing you of the tomorrow God has for you? What are the specific areas where God is asking you to step out and step up? Because when God appoints, God also empowers. And the ability he's looking for is availability. So let's step up today so that we can live out an even better tomorrow. Let's align our thinking with the heart of heaven. Let's cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Let's start tomorrow today. Guys, why don't we, why don't we stand together as we try and bring this thing into land? Now, I want to speak this morning to just two groups of people. The first group I want to speak to this morning are those that know God is calling them to step up and step out. Perhaps you've listened to the lie that says you don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've disqualified yourself. Perhaps you've held back in fear when God is actually calling you to press forward in faith. As God is moving in this moment, where is he asking you to step up? It could be your work. It could be your home. It could be your marriage. It could be your friendships. It could even be your ministry. If that's you, if you want to start tomorrow, today, stepping into the calling of God on your life, then I'm going to ask you with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you just to raise a hand so that I know who I'm praying with. 
on three, just shoot up a quick hand so I know who I'm praying with. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand. Bless you, God. Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, you see these beautiful people. Thank you that your desire is for each of them to be next level living. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to give them life, but life in abundance, life in all of its fullness. Thank you that you've placed a calling on their lives. And God, you have given them the courage to step into that. We know, God, that when you appoint, you also empower. So we ask you, God, would you equip and empower your people to live fully alive, to step into their destiny and into all that you've called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. The second group I want to speak to you, perhaps you're here this morning and you don't yet know what it is to walk out this, this thing with Jesus. Or perhaps you once made a commitment, but if you're honest, you've kind of wandered from that, that relationship. Perhaps today you're realizing that Jesus came in passionate pursuit of your heart simply because he loves you. Perhaps today you're realizing that when Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross, he made a bold statement about your value in his eyes. If that's you, if you want to commit your life to Jesus this morning or recommit afresh, if you want to put a stake in the grind, if you want to start tomorrow today in the best possible life with Jesus, then I'm going to ask you with every head bowed, every every eye closed. I'm going to ask you in the count of three, just raise a hand so I know who I'm praying with this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand. Thank you, God. All across this room, thank you, Jesus. All right, church, let's all pray this together. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying for my sins. Today I repent and turn my life to you. Today I choose to follow you with all my heart. Today I invite you into my life. Thank you for walking with me every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give these beautiful people a round of applause. Listen, if you, if you raise the hand, if you raise the hand, if you responded this morning, I'm going to ask you to connect with our response team in the back. In the back, They're going to want to just simply connect with you. They want to get some resources to you, and they're going to help you with the next steps. But for right now, I'm going to hand over to the amazing, amazing Pastor Vince. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com. 